Hello and welcome to Building Zion in the Rockwood Ward. I'm your host, Mike Riano, and I'm glad that you've joined us today to listen to this next interview. Uh, if you'll hold until after the interview, I'm going to add an extra little story on the back there, a little in- embarrassing story that uh, that we talked about there today. It didn't wasn't part of the main interview, so I cut it out of that, but added it on to the end because I always love telling embarrassing stories about myself. But anyways, yeah, so our guest today is Jerry Maduski. Until just recently, he was the Bishop of the Rockwood Ward and, of course, served has served for a long time in the Rockwood Ward, and he'll talk a little bit about that. But I uh, hope you all enjoy this interview with Jerry Maduski. All right, so we are with Jerry Maduski, formerly Bishop Maduski, right? <laughs> Until just a few hours ago. But anyways, first question right off the top, okay? How glad are you to not be Bishop anymore? Oh, that's, a, that's <laughs> not on the list. Okay. It, it is, there is a big weight off my shoulders, I'm sure, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to changes and see what else is in store for me. Yeah. And I'm glad you're the new Bishop. Well, so. someone's got to do it. And I got broad shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Carry that weight, right? Yep. So I'm feeling good right now. Yeah. Yeah. Light yeah. as can be, right? Yep. I got to leave church early. What? <laughs> I know. Actually have lunch at home? Uh, Shoot. I made myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Love that. Yeah, I think I got home 2.30. I know. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so what are two or three memories and thoughts about your childhood that stand out? Uh, so, childhood, I, I, I have two brothers, and the three of us would um, just have a good time with the neighbor kids. We had a neighborhood in Rockwood yeah. that um, had a lot of other kids, and so we, we had a lot of street ball. So okay. our, our hours in the evening were always... Let's play some street ball, you know, whether it's basketball, football, uh, baseball, everything you can think of. Uh, our neighborhood would all get together, all the kids, and we find a field and, and go do some stuff. Whether, And if it wasn't ball, it was either some board games or uh, if it was snowing, because back then we had a lot of snow. Yeah. And uh, we would get inner tubes out and ride tubes everywhere, yes. and we'd find abandoned fields with farm fields and just create a course out of it somehow and build some crazy jumps that we were like, what are we thinking? <laughs> Looking and, back on it now, yeah, you're thinking, how did we survive? Oh, many times. <laughs> yeah. Building ramps for bicycles and crashing all the time. But another thing with, uh, that I enjoyed too was the family travel time. My parents okay. would really love to uh, travel together. And uh, so they took us all over the place. And uh, one of the things I thought was cool, too, was my aunt and uncle had a plane at the Rockwood oh, Airport. Really? Nice. And uh, it was only a four-seater. So it was the two of them and their granddaughter. And then she would randomly pick one of us three to go on a trip with them. Yeah. And here we are flying in a little tiny airplane trusting everything we had no idea we didn't have any fear at all getting on this little plane with our uncle you know and yeah. thinking 
anything, had anything to worry about it. My mom was scared to death. She hated that we did it, but she allowed it because uh, she didn't like to fly at all. Yeah. But I, I kind of wished I would have picked it up. Like, hey, show me how to do this thing. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to learn to Just fly. Get lessons out of it while you're up there, anyways. Mm-hmm. But uh, my childhood memory was a lot of outdoor stuff and going on trips, whether it was with my parents or flying around all over with my aunt and uncle, which was kind of fun. fun. What was your favorite place to go? Well, of course, Disney World. Yeah, of uh, course, right? Yeah, we went to Orlando a few times, and I would go to Disney World. And my parents would take us driving, and my aunt and uncle didn't take us there all the time. And it just they would they always go somewhere where there was a garden, and they want they like to look at gardens and plants and flowers and stuff. We were probably bored to death with it, <laughs> but we still went just for the adventure. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we kept their granddaughter busy and, and with company. It was coming because she was the only one in the family on the, her side, my, my my aunt's side. So they thought, well, let's give her somebody to play with. Yeah. Oh, um, the three boys. We can pick one of them to go with us. So we always did that. You're happy to fill that spot, right? Yeah. You know, it's a new adventure. Like, yeah, I'll go. In fact, we got older and... Uh, my uncle decided, I do not want to go on this trip that you've got planned. And he was talking to his wife, yeah. my aunt. And so she called me up and said, hey, Jerry, how would you like to go on a cruise? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I said, well, that's perfect because Tracy's going to Hawaii with her parents that same week. I'll just really? go with you. And I went with her and uh, her granddaughter. And they had an adopted granddaughter. They eventually had... Um, uh, my cousin's mom adopted a girl, uh-huh. and so now there were two girls. Of course, they were around my age, so it wasn't like it was, uh, you know, it was not little kids back. We we were young. I mean, older kids, I guess, or teenagers or young adults when we went with her to this on this cruise. And I just filled in because she wanted to mail with us like a man. You know, okay. So, yeah. And so here I am, like twenty years old or something like that, and went with her and. And her two granddaughters to um, Disney World first, and then on a cruise. I'm like, oh, yeah, goodness. I'm not, I'm not backing that. Out. <laughs> Don't Let's pass do on that, that one. And uh, on that cruise ship, they had a, a a room within the boat, so there's no portholes to look out or any windows. Anything. Yeah. It was just in a room with two bunk beds, and of course, they would say, "Hey, Jerry, you stay out, and let we'll let you know when you come in." Type of <laughs> nice. thing. And yeah. I said, sure, that's fine. I don't care. And a lot of times I would just go roam around on the ship until they uh, let me know it was all right to come back. And But it was fun. I enjoyed it. So a lot of travel time growing up. And that's why I like to take them places, too. Yeah. And um, we try to go somewhere every year with the family. Okay. Let's see. How would you describe the development of your faith? Um, it was a new thing for me. Like I've mentioned in many times, people know that I'm a convert. And uh, walking in, Tracy invited me to church one time. I mean, we were dating for a little while, and she just and she knew I didn't go to church anywhere. And it was a November day. And maybe it was colder now outside and stuff. And she just said, hey, would you come to church with me? And I said, sure, I'll go to church with you. And I walk in, and I'm like, wow, that's... 
some nice music you guys are playing, you know. And I was, I'm into music. I mean, I like to listen to music. Not that I like to sing or play anything, but I like to listen to music. <laughs> All kinds. And, the receiving uh, end of music. Yeah, part. the receiving yeah. end, the listening part. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just said, that's nice music that's playing. What, do you guys, what are they doing? And she says, no, that's them singing. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, because it was all over the intercom system, the yeah. speakers. And I thought it was just music playing, you know. I said, well, that's nice. I said, either the Spirit's telling me that's a good place to be, or, and that's what I've always thought about is that the Spirit's saying, hey, you're, you're here. You're w- welcome. You know, you're, this, is, this is for you. And the, uh, listening to the missionary discussions and things like it, I mean, it took a while before I committed to being a member uh, but I felt like there's nothing about this that I find wrong. You know, I'm not, I don't feel like anything you're teaching me is uh, is a scam or any type of, um, I feel like everything you're saying is right. I don't feel anything's wrong with it. And so I just kept at it. And, you know, you read it. I was in, I was in Young Men's when I started there, uh, priest age but I wouldn't become a priest until afterwards until after I joined because I joined when I was 20 years old probably but I still went to the classes while Tracy went to Young Women's okay and uh, Sunday school with everybody too and so it's kind of like your kids inviting kids and you know I just hung out with them and stuff yeah and then um, you know getting to meet the members and learning the lessons and things like that, it just grew and grew. And uh, finally, eventually, I just told my parents, listen, I'm going to join the church. And at that time, Tracy and I broke up probably a few times in this whole process. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it still happened. And uh, luckily, everything worked out. Um, so, I mean, that and just callings, having callings, you just grow, learn mm-hmm. to love it, and then you grow. You have to at that point, right? Yep. You got to grow into it. You, got, you can't just give up on it. Yeah. All right. What role has missionary service played in your life, or what role do you hope it plays in the future? So the missionaries were patient with me. If that, if we're talking about the missionaries that at least taught me, but then also my role as a missionary, I guess, too, in this question, but... Uh, the missionaries were patient with me. I know they they were probably frustrated too with the fact that that I wasn't progressing as fast as a lot of a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> what? Of course, uh, they asked me to be a missionary right after I was baptized. So, so now when are you going on a mission? I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to college. I'm not going on a mission. Yeah. And I've always thought that one day when we get older. Tracy and I will serve a mission together. That's what I'm hoping to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe not as young as the Smiths because they're a little bit younger than me. <laughs> already passed that point. Yeah, I've already passed their time. But uh, after we retire, I'm sure I would love to, to go do something somewhere yeah. somehow. That'd be awesome. Yep, it would be. And I'm looking forward. I mean, I don't want to retire really right now, right? But I'm, I'm, I can't. Wait, some see that makes me want to be old though. <laughs> I I look forward to those opportunities later on in life. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and uh, and I and I hope we can fulfill a, a missionary, uh, becoming missionaries couples. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see the next one here. 
what family relationships have had the most impact on your life? I definitely would count my parents as uh, a, a great relationship with them and uh, my brothers. So being a close family like that and uh, my parents have been a loving couple. It's it's all the mushy-gushy stuff with them and it, we were always telling them to stop and and uh, like, oh no, let us leave the room first type of thing. <laughs> and uh, that's always been a good role model for me and, and Tracy. Now, Tracy and I are not the mushy-gushy part like right. they were. Yeah. And because uh, they were over the top, I think, sometimes. <laughs> but I, I do, it does help me show more love towards Tracy and, and family yeah. because, and I love my kids. Yes, they can push my buttons. And, um, but I would never, push yeah, they do. yeah, they do. <laughs> Let me introduce you to some of them, but they, maybe uh, I can interview some of them. Sometime. Yeah, maybe yeah. they, um, they're definitely a blessing and I, I wouldn't want them to be away from me at all ever. I know they would like to be away from me sometimes, <laughs> but I want them in my life all the time. So if that requires them to live with me all the time, I don't care. You know, just go ahead, camp out. Um, I mean, I do want them to have their own experiences and stuff like yeah. that, but I, I love to be around them. So with them, and then also, you know, Tracy's family's that way too. Her, her parents were um, a great couple, and yeah, they may have had differences, but they they loved each other. And yeah. uh, so they, they were also a good example that a role model type of marriage that we should have together. And yeah, we've been around other families that have not lasted that long and, and things like that. But I look, I look towards them as an example. So, and Tracy and I dated for five years before we decided to get married. So that was, yeah. it wasn't a real quick decision. I wanted it to be, but she told me no. <laughs> you had to talk her into it. Yeah, it was one of those things. I was like your son, right, Jake, at, at yeah. that age. And I'm like, hey, you want to get married? She says, nope, not it's too early. No. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> well. So, uh, but luckily we stuck at it. We, we dated. We didn't. That wasn't one of the times we broke up. No, no okay. It was good. later on. Yeah. <laughs> Long-distance relationships were tough. Well, she was at BYU. Oh, yeah. So, so Catherine and I, we dated for five weeks, six weeks. I think it was five weeks before we got engaged. Yeah. And in that time, she broke up with me twice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. But it's fun. It's, yeah. Uh, the the um, five years was worth the wait. I mean, it was. it's great to get to know each other, and, and I'm, I'm glad we waited. And that you can definitely find out the... The pros and cons of the relationship, yeah, and just had to work through them. How old were you when you got married? Twenty-three, I guess. Twenty-two, twenty-two or twenty-three. Right, that range. So, because we started dating in high school, yeah, uh, the end of our junior year, we started dating. Okay. So, so here you go, Tommy and Alina. (laughs) If you're listening, (laughs) hands. Very good. All right, what role is the temple and family history played in your life or hope to play in the future? Yeah, so that uh, we got married in the temple, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, the first, we got married civilly first, 
and um, I know the church was like, the branch president time was against us doing that. Oh yeah. And of course he said, let me tell you the statistics. I said, I know statistics. Tell me. <laughs> if anyone knows statistics. Yeah. And uh, he said, 20% of all marriages civilly get married in the temple. I said, well, I'm going to be one of that 20%. Yeah. So we're good. Yeah. And he was just really trying to just want me to, to go straight to the temple. Because at that time, you had to wait a year. And he was worried that within that year, we would, we would decide not to. Right. And I said, no, 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 I'm, I would like to be married to Tracy for eternity. I mean, that's fine with me. And um, so I, I, the temples, I, I'm so glad of that opportunity. I, I always wonder, even before non-member, being, being a member, I wondered, this death do us part, you know, and, and not being married after after we pass or... Right. What's the relationship like after we die and stuff like that? I used to wonder that kind of stuff, what was going to happen. But the the church introduced me to the eternal marriage. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense now. There we go. Um, so in the future, I mean, I hope to to be a, a worker in the temple sometime. And... Um, you can always talk to your bishop about that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I already talked to the state president today about it. Too. Yeah, yeah, so good. Good good to hear. Okay. Nice. Uh, I, and I would love to go. Weird. It just feels I weird. I know. <laughs> so I uh, talked to Tracy about that, too, and I know she's she's not quite ready yet, but I think yeah. uh, when she gets her Saturdays off more and weekends off more, she, yeah. maybe she'll be able to. That worked in the temple a long time, didn't she? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I took her a few times. Did so you? Yeah, I would uh, drive her. Actually, was she working then? She might have been working then, but I, uh, I feel like she was only doing limited at that time, and I would just take her and I would hang out or whatever, and yeah. wait for her, bring her home. I remember her. when I was in Oak Ridge working mm-hmm. in the temple. I remember, I remember her from there. Oh yeah, you know, she we'd be on some of the same. Same sessions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't know anything you about her. I just, just knew her. Moved yeah. to Rockwood. I'm like, hey, I know you. And sometimes <clears> her <throat> husband was waiting for her. I mean, this, even, she was probably doing that even when Bill was alive. And I think Bill would sit in the parking lot and wait for her to be okay. finished, too. So, yeah, she's been at it a long time. Yeah. Um, I like the baptismal area. So, I mean, that would be great if I can do that. But I'd, I'll just go wherever they want me to go. And I'm not sure how they do that if they have a certain areas of assignments that they that they do. All right. So what is your professional life like? Uh, what kind of see, work do you do and all that? I'm a, I started off as a software developer, desktop application for a company. And then it uh, it became obsolete because nobody does desktop applications anymore. They just yeah. do everything on the Internet. Exactly. So after that, I uh, they put me as a manager of these programmers, and I'm like, I can't manage these guys. This is this is dumb. And they're they all made fun of me too because oh no, because they knew they're the ones programming. I don't know their programming language. Yeah. And so how do you manage us? And I'm like, exactly. How do I manage this? But they didn't want to lose me, so they're trying to find something for me to do. Even though I had stuff to do, they just didn't know. How to, you've been here the longest, how can we get you over them? You know, how do we, yeah. 
bump you up. And I said, well, I don't care if you bump me up over them. I don't care. They have a job to do. Just, you know, give me something. Make sure I'm, I'm busy. All on the same team, right? And so then they, um, for researchers, they knew I knew the database real well where all the data is stored and, and how it's stored and all the information that's in our database. So they, they made me the um, data scientist position, which was a pretty new calling back then when they, when they did that. In fact, they, the boss came in and he said, um, I'm trying to figure out how to label you guys. Can you all come up with a job title for yourself? <laughs> And there was an article that says data scientist, the sexiest position today or something like that. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, that's me right there. <laughs> so I told my coworkers, I said, I'm going to be the data scientist. And they all looked at me and said, that's what I wanted to be. I just hit the microphone. That's what I wanted to be. I saw that article too. Yeah. You know, a bunch of nerds reading that of course, article. Of course. And I said, too late. Got it. Called it. And so then in a... Um, user conference at a Holiday Inn in Knoxville, all these users that use our application came in and a big auditorium full of people. And my boss walks up there and he wants to introduce all of our, all of his workers, all in the back. We're all sitting in the back. And then he comes to me and he says, and Jerry Maduski, our data scientist. Of course, everybody just started laughing out loud. <laughs> all my coworkers. The other yeah. people had no idea what, right. what they were laughing about. And because the data scientist is a real, call, a yeah. real position. Yeah. I want to say calling. A real position. And, uh, but all my coworkers knew I appointed myself as a data scientist <laughs> because it was a sexy calling. Yeah. Like, calling a jaw <laughs> title. Title, yeah keep referring to callings as a church but uh, anyway that's where I am now as I do a lot of statistical reports for um, the company I've been with for 20 something years oh, wow and work for researchers yeah so. yep all right and what influenced you to take the professional course you did well I love math and so um when I finished with my math degree at Tennessee Tech, I went to a professor I had at Rome State, and I said, hey, what am I going to do with this degree? I don't have a clue. I don't want to teach. That's what I told her. Yeah. I said, I don't want to teach. And at that time, I wasn't really thinking about college. I also didn't want to go to the high schools and teach and junior highs and yeah. teach. I didn't want to be a teacher. And so I wanted to do something more out there with an office and whatever, and she says, hey, what about management science? That's when my son went in, uh, management science. And so, so what do they do? She says, mathematical computer programming. Yeah. I said, oh, okay, I'll try it out. So she influenced me to go that direction, which then resulted in this job eventually that I'm working at now. But the job I'm working at now is called Photo. The company's called Photo. And I applied for them. By myself, no help from anybody. I just saw that an ad in the paper or something, and they turned me down. And I eventually was called by a temp agency to work in um, was it Charleston, Tennessee, near Cleveland, yeah. towards Chattanooga, on Office Interstate 75. Okay. And um, it was a temporary job programming. Um, so I, I did that and they said it was only for a month and a half. I said, all right, I'll get some experience. And, um, th that was with their payroll. 
So I was doing a little bit of programming on their payroll department. But after that month and a half, and sure enough, it was said, hey, your, your job's coming to an end soon. They, um, tech, the temp agency called me and said, hey, we got a position for you in Knoxville at a place called Photo. I'm like, I sent them a resume and they turned me down. Yeah. So anyway, I said, sure, I'll go in. And it's as a temp, so I'm going to be going there as a temp, not as a full hire yet. And uh, so the supervisor at my position came into the interview and he said, the reason why you were selected is because you have a math degree and we need you as a, as a mathematical computer programmer. I'm like, that's what I went to college for. And so, um, they were developing this app, this desktop app, and uh, they wanted me to, to help them with it because it was dealing with computer adaptive testing, uh, it's a survey process that when you answer one question, it does a lot of math in the background to pull out the next best question for okay. you. So you so don't have to answer. The same questions, right? not, and only if they answer the same way. Yeah. But yeah. it's to prevent you from having to go through maybe 30 questions when you can only you can answer five of them and they get right. the idea what you how you would answer all the rest of them. So that's what I started doing. And I went to Chicago and learned the, that um, the math behind it and uh, loved every minute of it. I just loved helping them with that. And developing the application to do it all it was real fun. I enjoyed doing that. So that's what she influenced me into that, and I appreciated that. I told her about it, too. It's like, hey, you directed me in the right direction with that management <laughs> science. Yeah. Awesome. What has nurtured your testimony the most during your adult life? Um, probably all the callings I've had. Uh, obviously, the being in the branch presidency and and then being the branch president and the bishop and but just any calling really. The ward mission leader was a, a growing experience with me, and it you know it nurtured my testimony. I was just seeing people um, having building their own testimony and coming into the church and, and learning and growing. I mean, it was had nothing to do with me, but it's just so impressive to see Harry Duke right right yeah. now. It's yeah. like, wow, I was not that strong when I was joining <laughs> the church. I was uh, sitting back and watching more than I was doing, and but. Um, that's what nourished it is definitely the the members have been very nice and helpful and um, and then just doing all the being you know accepting the callings and, and trying to do my best at them uh, obviously the um, uh, family is real supportive and and uh, call on me to do things when um, when my mom and Tracy's dad both developed cancer at the exact same time. They oh, really? Were, they were diagnosed at the same time. Yeah. That uh, that gave me more of a testimony of the blessings that I gave them. Uh, because, you know, blessings are tough for people to give, if, whether people know it or not. It's it's nerve-wracking because you're, these people want to be well, and you want to give them a nice blessing that 
really comes from the spirit and you're like, oh man, I'm worried about what I'm going to say. <laughs> Is it going to help them? And But I was um, able to give them both priesthood blessings and uh, it, it was emotional for all people involved. And uh, that helped me because even though they've both passed, the life I feel like was extended. Okay. I feel like they had a lot longer time than they would have had if they hadn't had those blessings. Yeah. I feel like they would have. Because it kind of gave them hope too, you know, in those blessings, which gave them the strength to get through some of the hard times that they had okay. when it came through yeah. the chemo or the radiation or anything like that. So, and my mom used to tell me all the time, so, when I die, I want you to do whatever you can for me in the temple. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, Mom. You, you know, you should have been doing that yourself if you had that <laughs> as a, like a testimony yourself that yeah. you know it's right. And so I said, I, I, hope, uh, I hope it works out for you, Mom. <laughs> yeah. Have you had a chance to do that one yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. I was able to. Madison was baptized for my mom. Good. I did her. I baptized her. Uh huh. So that was good. And we've taken care of Bill already, and yeah. sealed her, sealed him to Pat, and I was the proxy for that. Then sealed Tracy to Pat and Bill. And oh wow! Yeah. So I was the proxy for that. So yeah, That's got all awesome. that done. Very cool. Uh, what experience? What life experience has caused you to trust most in God? I feel like that uh, me talking about um, mom and Bill with the cancer, I think that one kind of answers that one. That, you know, I trusted the, uh, the priesthood power to, to bless them when I gave them their priesthood blessings after they were diagnosed. And I trusted in, in God for that. And, and I feel like He definitely blessed them. And I feel like He blesses me too when it comes to some of the life experiences that I've had. I have definitely not had any health issues anywhere near a lot of other people. And I'm thankful for that. But, you know, I'm also, I think, keep in mind that Heavenly Father is using me for other purposes uh, other than being an example of strength and, and of trials and things like that that other people go through each day. Um, so the uh, the li- the only life experience I have really of uh, that I that I trust in God is is being able to be that strength and help for those that need it. Um, I was there for my mom and I was there for Bill even many times. And uh, sure, you pray about them and you you uh, pray that you're doing the right thing with them and and keeping them happy and and and. Uh, knowing that they had somebody they can count on when they needed them. And so uh, I thank God for the blessings that I have that uh, help in those situations. So, All right. What do you love most about Rockwood Ward? Well, it is my home ward. This yeah. is where I started. Uh, I've I've always been there. I haven't. Been, I don't really have any experience of any other ward. You've never been outside the ward, mm-hmm. huh? No. The time I was outside the ward, we would come on weekends back to Rockwood. <laughs> so the, that awesome. ward was always after us to come 
to to their ward. Yeah. Know, so now we're at home every weekend. Yeah. It was Cookville. Yeah. When you're going to school. Yeah, we went to school for four years in in, in Cookville. At least I did. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they were always after me. Missionaries came knocking on my door, and I'd open and close it. <laughs> And uh, eventually letting them in, just teasing them. Yeah. I said, no, I'm, I go home every weekend. And at that time, we were working at home. we come home, we would work. Okay. And, and then stock up on food and stuff from my mom and dad. that was always giving us Sam's food. Just, <laughs> here's some chicken patties and buns. Yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah. Mac and cheese and just all kinds of bulk items from Sam's that uh, sent us home. But And then they would call at that time, President Goodmanson, and say, hey, we got a couple of students here that we want them to come to our ward. He goes, you're not getting them. They come to our ward. <laughs> so, yeah. no, they're here. They're home. And they have callings here. Ah, <laughs> so even better. I feel like, I think Tracy and I were in, I don't know if it was when we were at, at Tennessee Tech, but we, we probably were also the... Um, Young men, young women's, or something. I think we were okay. counselors in that, or yeah. we had something to do with it. So we we kept busy there. Yeah. So Rockwood's the only ward I know. Um, so that's why I love it, and uh, I don't I don't see us leaving it unless both our kids move out of this area and we need to go wherever they go. Let's I don't see us. Along, yeah. I don't see us leaving Rockwood. So. That's what we love. Okay. So, if you could have any calling you choose, what would it be and why? I don't know if they have a calling for it. But, I mean, I would... Anything... See, there's no math in church. <laughs> can't teach math I in mean, church. clerk. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Jonathan, you're finally being released. No, yeah. I mean, but finance, it's... Or the... the financial clerk that's that's about the most math you're going to that's get that's the most math yep but i do like technology so if there's anything technology related that's fine or um i've always said too that i wouldn't mind teaching institute or seminary things okay. like that yeah i'm telling the new bishop guys right now <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i uh I remember somebody saying that they were over all the vehicles in this in the mission, and they were missionary couple though, right? Yeah. And it's a mission calling. And I thought, man, I would love to serve a mission where I had to just go out and take care of all the cars. Yeah. I wouldn't work on them, but I would make sure they had. Yeah, yeah. Been just in the garage. The schedule, the yep, and all yep. that. That sounds like an awesome calling. So, yeah, those are my ideal jobs right there. Okay. All right, so now, if you could send a message 100 years into the future for your posterity to hear, what would that be? I would definitely encourage anyone to learn the gospel and uh, study the scriptures. uh, And like like I did, to pray about it and learn and know for yourself that it's true. Uh, One thing, when I was telling my parents that I was going to join the church, uh, they were... Mostly my mom was worried about, are you doing it for the right reasons? And I said, I don't know. I've been doing this for two and a half years. I think it is my decision now <laughs> that it wasn't, and Tracy's not forcing me to. No one's forcing me to. Mm-hmm. But I feel like everybody should do that. Don't be pressured to 
to join because of family members and things like that. Know it for yourself. Uh, but as a personality thing, I feel like being a good person, you know, continue being a good person, do good for people. Even though my parents are not members, they did raise us to be good people and um, uh, do good for others the best you can. And uh, they were always trying to help people. And they always still, Dad always tries to help whoever he can. And when he sees a problem out there, he tries to, to help them out in some way. And if not, if he can't do it, he's always asking one of us if we know anything. And, and, and I can see that my brothers all do the same now. Same thing too. So even though we were not raised in the church, we still have that service-minded, helping other type of attitude. And I know that it blesses all of us. We all enjoy doing it. And so uh, to um, uh, to keep smiling and make people happy is what we need to keep doing. All right. And is there anything else that you would like to say or share or anything before we wrap up? What are we missing? Gosh, I don't know. Uh, I couldn't think of any other additional questions. I think you have a good list of questions here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I know others have just ended with their testimony. And I mean, I can just share that I know that this gospel is true. And, and that as you learn the different principles of it, that you'll find it to be true too. There's nothing about it, like I said earlier, that uh, is something to, to think that, oh gosh, they're telling me to do that? Uh, that's dumb. No, it's everything about this gospel is what our Heavenly Father wants us to do. And yeah, there may be some things where it's hard because we live by the worldly things. But, uh, you know, for some people it's the word of wisdom. I mean, I guess, but I've never had a problem with it. Yeah. I keep hitting my microphone. <laughs> I never, I've, even before the church, I didn't have a problem with the word of wisdom because I wasn't partaking in any of that stuff at that age. I mean, I know I was offered it, yeah, but I didn't. Uh, and I, I saw the, what you know, smoking did to my parents, and they got out of it because um, they, they didn't like the after effects of it. You know? Yeah. But... Um, other family members have not, and you learn from them, like, oh, man, I don't want to do that to myself. So it doesn't, it's not that uh, you know, the church teaches us not to do things because they find it to be wrong. It's more like it's better for our bodies not to do things. Yeah. And partake of certain things, and it makes us live longer and have a happier life, and Probably even more a better financial life too, because that stuff's expensive. Some yeah. of the things they want you to do. Yeah. But anyway, it's. Uh, I mean, I know that this gospel's true, and the things that are being taught is true, and I do appreciate that there is a prophet today uh, that that lead that leads to the church, and um, and and that Joseph Smith. I can't imagine a fourteen-year-old. Me as a 14-year-old having to do anything <laughs> like that. That's wild, isn't it? So that's why he chose Joseph Smith. Yeah. Um, yeah, growing up like that, that would have been difficult for me. I don't know that I can do with the things he had to go through. But it, it, I I don't see any reason why it couldn't happen. You know, it's like, well, who am I to say that can't happen? So um, that has never been strange to me that that would ever happen. I'm like, why wouldn't it happen? Yeah. And uh, so how, how do you believe 
the Old Testament with all these prophets, every New Testament even, you know, but you can't believe that it can happen today, you know. Well, it doesn't make sense. How people have a problem with that. And unfortunately, I say my mind, and I'm like, I don't know how you don't believe that. <laughs> but anyway. Well, anything I've said, I've said in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it then. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And you guys help him get uh, get more people on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I challenge everyone listening to this to set up a time with Brother uh, Bishop Riano now. Ooh. And... Uh, Get his Sundays busier. That's right. I don't have nearly <laughs> enough to do. Yeah. I don't know if you want to switch this to a new day. <laughs> Just might have to, right? Yeah, that's right. So that was my interview with Jerry Maduski. I hope you all now have a better feel for who he is and what he's all about and the service that he's provided for the Rockwood Ward over the years. Really appreciate him and I'm glad that I've gotten to work with him over the years. Um, as I promised you at the beginning, uh, I'll now add in a little uh, embarrassing story on myself. So this is a story when when we started recording, when you know the, this interview here today, I asked Jerry. I said, "Are you ready?" And he said, "Yeah, as long as there's no role playing involved." And that brought up my role playing horror story from when I was a missionary in El Salvador. And I shared that with him. So, like I said, to be embarrassing, I'll go ahead and share it with all of you now. So, here's my role-playing horror story to finish us off for today. Uh, when I was a missionary, right? They're in El Salvador. I think I've been out maybe six months oh, or yeah, so. Sure, yeah, and, and we're at a zone meeting thing. And, of course, we're going to do role-playing, you know. And, of course, at this zone meeting mission president comes out too, right? I think, oh, great. So it's me and my companion, and the one of the zone leaders comes over, and he sits down with us. And so my companion was up first. He teaches the first little, you know, portion of the discussion or whatever, goes through that. Zone leader gives a little softball question, you know, a little follow-up question thing. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's easy, yeah, blah, 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 blah. You know, okay, great. So that little principle's done, and then everyone, all the... Like the, the zone leaders, not everyone shifts, right? Yeah. Mission president stands up from where he was and he comes and sits down in front of me. Now it's my turn to teach. Oh, and I lock up. <laughs> I suddenly don't remember Spanish. I don't oh, remember the discussions. I mean, my brain just went, you know? So, what did you do? so, so I, uh, it, was, it was pretty bad. So, so I muddled through it. I'm, uh, I mean, just awful, you know, just horrible, bad speech, bad everything, you know? And then, uh, and it was, I even know it was the principal on uh, baptism from the dead, right? I can even remember that. And the president, uh, he, he then asked the question, well, well, where's that found in the Bible? Where's something in the Bible that says that? Well, of course, you know, it's, well, Corinthians or something. I can't remember right off right now, but my brain just completely gone. I had yeah. no clue. Could not remember where it was at all. Let's Google it. And, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so I'm just completely, completely lost, right? And um, so anyways, so, so that, so that was that and it was awful. And he just kind of shakes his head a little bit, stands up and walks on, goes and sits at another group. I'm thinking, oh, that was awful. Yeah. So then uh, it was a couple weeks, maybe a month later, 
I was on some kind of splits or something, you know, and I was, whoever I was with had to go to the president's house for, for some kind of meeting. And so there's a bunch of other missionaries there. They all go onto this back patio and they sit down and, and they're having their meeting out there. So I'm just sitting in the family room by myself, you know, sliding glass door and all that. And so I sit down and, and there's a, a coffee table with a, a book about El Salvador, you know, just laid out on the table there. I'm thinking, oh, well, that's, that looks interesting. I pick it up, thumb one page, thumb another page, and I hear the sliding door open. I look up, Mission President comes into the room. Yeah. Elder Riano, I suggest you learn, you use this time to study the scripture so that you might actually have an answer for people when they ask you something. And he turned around and walked out. <laughs> oh, that hurt. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That hurt. <laughs> And he just left. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's one of my mission experiences. That's awful. <laughs> no, no, that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll tell that sometimes to the missionaries, you know, like, oh yeah, you want a you want a role playing horror story? Listen yeah. to this. I hate role playing. 